Hello everybody, this is Charlotte Palmer here from the Mothership Connected. Also on behalf of H Barts Radio. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. Start walking. I'm here with an incredible personal trainer called Nicholas Bender. Hello, Nicholas. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Now, we met at the Walthamstow Host Street street party, didn't we, a few weeks ago. And you were there with a stand and you are doing a company. We're kind of doing a project called Walk and Talk for Life. Yes, it's called Walk and Talk for Your Life. It's a, It's a group exercise and health coaching course. Uh, it's a 10-week course, Yes. Um, specifically for older adults. That's what I thought was really interesting. Mm. Okay, so we're here to really discuss what you're up to in, in the Borough of Walton Forest with older people. But we're also going to d- discuss a little bit about pensioners and, and their diet and their lifestyle. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and just the way that it's going with their health generally and, and yeah. trusted authorities and things like that, aren't we? We're going to have mm-hmm. a real deep discussion about that. Definitely. Some of it's going to be quite controversial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which we love right yeah absolutely we love and Nicholas you're really into health and nutrition in a big way this is what I'm really interested in as well mm-hmm. so I thought we'd have a really good chat about that but g- give me a little bit of background about your your walk and talk for life where where, where you've come from and where, how you've got to where you're at right now yeah so I guess we'll start with um what the course is specifically and then I'll go into a bit of background about myself um but it was, this is a program that was actually designed in uh, Canada, in British Columbia, mm-hmm. uh, by researchers that were uh, interested in its ability, like this course's ability, to reduce loneliness. Um, and so I just finished a, a master's in sport and exercise for older adults at Middlesex University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for my dissertation, I was really keen to test out if this program was going to be effective um, here in London. And the after so essentially, I, I went around um, like the recruitment process was a, it was it was a nightmare. I mean, it was just so tough to try to get. Um, well, I got twenty eight people uh, in the study. Well done. How do you um, get them? And then another twenty two people <laughs> in a control group. All right. Um, in total, I was able to get one hundred and fourteen people to complete a survey uh, in Walth- in the Waltham Forest area. Um, and the survey was essentially about loneliness. Uh, it was, uh, it's called the Dijon Gearveld loneliness scale. Uh, and it revealed that 72%, I believe of residents, uh, that filled out my survey at least Mm. were qualified as lonely. Mm. So what I was, I was like, I mean, it was good for me to help with recruitment because you needed to be lonely on this scale mm. uh, in order to come into the, the into the study. Wow! Um, because it's like a weight loss study. Mm. Like if I was gonna get people into my study if, if for weight loss and they uh, weren't overweight, how am I gonna find out if my program is effective? So sure. I needed to have lonely people wow. in the study to see if there was any effect. That's quite shocking, isn't it? Seventy two seventy two percent of the residents in Waltham Forest right. that, that you surveyed yeah. Yeah. are lonely. Yeah, it was now you know that's not going to be a. It's just an alarming stat. Yes. Um, there may be people that completed my survey that were more likely to be lonely, um, but in general, uh, based on what the national uh, averages are that mm. they suspect this area mm. is, is more like ten percent. Okay. Um, and so that is a quite a big shock. Um, yes. 
that basically told me like, wow, there's really an epidemic going on when it comes to loneliness. And uh, furthermore, the, the research says that older adults actually aren't the loneliest generation, mm. that uh, the 16 to 24 year olds are, are the loneliest generation. Wow. Um, so I wouldn't have thought so. Thought yeah. We're really into socializing. Yeah. And that, that's something yeah. that uh, we discuss actually in our course. Um, so this course, uh, Walk and Talk for Your Life, which starts with 30 minutes of fitness class, uh, and that is that can be balance exercises, uh, strength training. Mm. Um, you know, we're doing deadlifts with kettlebells. You know, I've got an 84-year-old with just perfect deadlift form wow. with this kettlebell. What's the um, age range that are coming to see you, though? It's and from and the, how many have you got? Yeah, so it's from the 50s up to the 80s. Right. Um, oldest is 84, and the youngest is 54. Um and they're all different levels. Some are really slow with walking. Yes. Others are, you know, speeding around and had one lady um, climb the Pyrenees recently. Well, well that, that's very reassuring. <laughs> yeah, but we, you know, it's just, it's nice because they're small classes. Yes. Our maximum uh, size is 10 people. Um, it's help, it helps me to make sure that all the exercises are done safely. Yes. It's just one of the limitations of group exercise uh, like this, where you have 30 people in a room uh, and you can't police everybody's technique. Um, so we start with 30 minutes of fitness class uh, right. and then we go off for a 30 minute walk. Right. Uh, and then we, uh, that's from Priory Court Community Center where we're based. Um, and then we walk to Lloyd Park and we come back. And then we have about 30, 45 minutes of a group um, discussion on a health topic. And this is where it gets interesting and fun for hmm. basically everyone because uh, the reason that people come to this course is not really for the exercise, it's for the socializing. Of course. Uh, and that's really why most of us do anything. Uh, a lot of us work and want to work because of the, the, you know, to have that environment where people are working with you or you're working with somebody. Um, people will re report that the best thing about their job is the actual social factor, the people that are in the office. Um, but yet that's rarely the case when people are thinking about hiring people. It's like, how interesting is this person to work with? Because people want to work for you if you have interesting people that are in your 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 company hmm. um yeah in your team yeah totally. so it's just something that a lot of gyms or uh other types of organizations don't really think about the social aspect and that's where walk and talk for your life is different it's all about the social aspect wow. the exercise and the health coaching that's yep. all just an excuse to meet but what a better excuse how fabulous right? and the results are going to be amazing haven't they? well and you that's go there to socialize you and that's the thing and yeah so after <laughs> 10 weeks um of a controlled trial. It wasn't randomized, but it was controlled. Uh, the group that went through the intervention, um, which was 28 people, their loneliness was reduced by 22% compared to the control group, which reduced loneliness by 3% uh, during that same time. And that depression in our, uh, in the intervention group, that was reduced by 33%. Um, all sorts of other statistics, you know, huge improvements in lower uh, lower body strength, huge improvements in um, gait speed or walking speed. Uh, so I was just thrilled by the results and tons of positive um, uh, feedback from the participants as well. So That's excited, brilliant. really excited to continue the program. And right now we have our second program going on right now in um, from on Tuesdays and Fridays from one to three p.m. Got another fifteen people in the course. And whereabouts um, and is this in the Borough of Walton It's Forest? at Priory Court Community Center. Okay, Priory uh, Court which Community is Center. actually yeah. quite close to Lloyd Park. Okay, um, right. Yeah.
Hopefully most people know where that is. Yes, right in the center. <laughs> but I'm hoping to expand to new places. It's okay. just, um, it's it's not my main focus right yes. now. It's still like a part-time uh, gig. Um, I'm in a master's right now in nutrition at St. Mary's University. And that's taking up a lot of my time. Mm. But once I graduate, that's where I'm hoping to, to transition full-time to try and make this program um, much bigger. Uh, you know, the aspirations being UK-wide. Mm much needed isn't it i think there's a lot of uh, kind of uh, misinformation and stigma around once we get hit a certain age then kind of you know it's inevitable that we're going to get certain ailments and we're going to get um kind of tired and achy and overweight and all those things mm-hmm. it's not inevitable though is it no no i mean this is the um the myth that aging is inevitable hmm. um and that's a controversial statement hmm. however uh, the body is incredible, uh, yes. and if if you continue to work it with um, what I really implement, the, what I call the five pillars of health, and this is the basis for our discussions yes. uh, in our course. Um, this is adapted from Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's four pillars of health. Right. So I've unoriginally added mm-hmm. a pillar just to make it my own, <laughs> um, and those those five pillars are relax, eat, move, sleep and socialize yes and it makes sense to me so for me the most interesting is that last one socializing um and that is what i believe is a, a fundamental pillar of health um and it's probably not the word that's best used when it's when it comes to that pillar socializing that sort of signals just like socializing with other people um but it, the, the better words probably connection to feel connected to one another, of course, but to feel connected to ourselves, to feel more connected with nature, uh, to feel more connected with God. Perfect. For me, the most interesting pillar uh, is socializing. Mm. And that's probably not the word to use, but it's just, it's the simplest. And it it goes with my analogy, like it goes with the the relax, eat, move, sleep, socialize. The, um, what is it called? The acronym there Mm. is REMS. So R-E-M-S-S, that's how I remember it, because I even okay. need help. Um, but it's important to be connected with one another, to, to be connected with nature, to be connected with uh, oneself. That's right. Um, and it's just a, a general feeling of connection. And that's what I define loneliness as, is just a lack of meaningful connection. And that is something that is not really talked about in a GP's office, let's no. say. You know, a doctor is going to tell you, you know, Hey, uh, diet and exercise and you're off on your way. That's yeah. your health coaching, uh, you know. Uh, we are actually going to um, sort of sway into the juicy parts of this really mm-hmm. conversation, which is, 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 is about how pensioners go in to see the doctor. And doctors really haven't done any training in nutrition or, or health or diet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they know about um, anatomy and they know how to prescribe pharmaceutical drugs when necessary yeah um and um they do give a little bit of health advice but generally there's a lot of um misguidance would you not agree i mean it's in the current state it's not really the role of a gp to take um that opportunity to try to coach an individual they the the gp is just not um skilled uh with those or trained with those skills um, they're trained with the skill specifically and most uh, formidably to diagnose and then to um, treat with pills. And health coaching is emerging as a way to kind of um, complement 
the the GP. Hmm, So if somebody has a lifestyle related chronic disease, uh, like diabetes, um, you know, health coaching is a great way to help, um, yeah, complement that, um, you know, that, that GP. There's just more than, it's just more than diabetes though, Mm-mm. when it comes to lifestyle related uh, chronic diseases. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's the only one that's really being recognized. Um, so there are, you know, we talk in our course about the, uh, the preliminary studies that are coming out on prevention of, di- of uh, dementia. Mm. Um, and those are lifestyle related. Mm. Um, it's often uh, called type three diabetes, dementia um, and Alzheimer's. Uh, so yeah, we do. That's that's what is quite interesting about our courses. We're able to go through a lot of a little bit of controversial topics, and they're just good conversations to have. And and people are able to connect, you know, over those kinds of things. So so so, so the elderly the elderly population, okay, they a lot of them get kind of how can I say ignored, mm. forgotten about, and I think that actually we need to revere them a lot more because obviously a lot of the older generation they helped to make this country what it is a lot of them fought in the war i know that a lot of them a lot of people that fought in the war are now gone bless them but that you know everyone's made a contribution to to who we are and where we are right now Mm. and they are really getting the brunt of of the misinformation around because how you know Poor dietary advice and health advice has been trundling on since the 1950s, really. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we've really got to get to the bottom of this, of, of the root of why this is going on and what's going on with the elderly generation. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, first, I will, you know, I'll say nutrition is hard. It's not easy to figure out what is our best diet um, and that the more recommendations that come out, especially imagine 60 years ago being so sure about a nutritional recommendation Mm, that you come out and say fat is bad, stop eating fat, um, or cholesterol is bad. So like on what studies, like how do you really have the causal proof to show that that's the case before we start messing around with government level recommendations on our diets? Um, what I love to do is, is talk with older adults and ask them, what were your grandparents eating? What were your parents eating? And I'll often hear responses that they were eating the things that were growing in their backyard. Mm. They were eating the things that were locally produced. That's right. Uh, not in sense. packages. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And, uh, you know, elderly people, for the, I mean, the, your brain's made a lot of out of fat, right? Oh, absolutely. 50%. And, and they've weight. been told by their doctors to take fat out of their diet. Mm-hmm to eat cholesterol-lowering margarines yeah. and um, <laughs> yeah. functional foods. Right, right. And um, how, how misguided is that, really? It, it, it's just simplified. Um, and that's what often nutritional recommendations will come out with, is simplifications. Mm-mm. You know, cholesterol can be one of a, you know, a number of factors that you should keep an eye on when it comes to your health. Uh, we're you know we're not saying that cholesterol is completely worthless as a as something to look at. I I personally you know. think it's an important one, and I'm not saying um, dismiss it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying man, you know, it, but it's not it, it's not the demon in the way that sure. it's been it's been portrayed. Yeah. You know, we you need cholesterol because it um, 
it, it's part of the brain. Right. You know, it protects you against of Alzheimer's. Of course, it's, it's, it's necessary. It's essential. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean as a GP or as a, let's say, a, a dietary recommendation from a government to all of a sudden say eggs are bad. Stop mm-hmm. eating eggs. It, it, you know, that's a large gap to jump. It's a huge leap, isn't it, really? It's a huge and leap. We have been actually eating eggs for millennia. Yeah. So this why is should what, it, an ancient it, problem be, an ancient food be the cause of modern problems? Of course. And this is uh, where the older generation has heard time and time again, they've heard eggs are good, eggs are bad. Uh, and then eggs are good again. Uh, then they've heard the cholesterol myth. Then they've heard the calcium lie. They've heard the calorie myth. Um, they've heard so many things. And now they go back and they're forth. They're so confused. And, and so, That's of right. course, older adults, because they've heard all of these yes. things, they're very skeptical. Absolutely. Um, and then furthermore, a lot of, uh, the, the at least the clients that I work with, mm. don't have all that much email access or you know, online access. Uh, you know, So their information that they're getting... Um, it's it's difficult to sort through or even to access. Unfortunately, um, people of that generation, they have unquestionable uh, trust and faith in trusted authorities. Mm-hmm. And a lady mm-hmm. that I work with in mm-hmm. her 50s and her mid-50s goes to the British Heart Foundation for her at Heart Advice. And they suggest uh, avoiding all saturated fat, going on a low-fat diet and cook- cooking in polyunsaturates. Yeah. Now, um, when I when I contest that, she has problems really fully accepting it because of the way in which we invest complete trust and faith in trusted authorities. Now, the older duration in particular, is that a barrier for you when you're talking about these controversial issues? Mm. When you're talking to the older generation, when they're so vested in trusted authorities, the NHS, British Heart Foundation, Diabetes UK, you know, all of those organisations who push very dogmatic, old-fashioned ideas that have been that have never been proven and actually have now been disproven. So how do you get past that barrier? You know, I think it starts with building trust. When it comes to nutrition, uh, and, I, and I go over those five pillars, the relax, mm. eat, move, sleep, and socialize, mm. the most controversial is eat. Mm. And so for me, as a health coach, that is the last topic that we talk about. Um, Because I need to build trust with them. They've been let down so much before. When I get older, losing my hair, many years from now, will you still be sending me a valentine? Birthday greetings, bottle of wine. If I'd been out till quarter to three, would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? I could be handy mending a fuse when your lights have gone. You can knit a sweater by the fireside. Sunday mornings go for a ride. Doing the garden, digging the weeds. Who could ask for more? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me 
When I'm 64 Every summer we can rent a cottage in the Isle of Wight If it's not too dear We shall scrim and save Grandchildren on your knee Vera, Chuck and Dave Send me a postcard, drop me a line Stating point of view Indicate precisely what you mean to say You're sincerely wasting away Give me your answer, fill in a form Mine forevermore Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? When I'm 64 I don't want to underestimate uh, the older adult population. Hmm. Um, they are able to sort of logically put those things together. And if you can organize your uh, argument and the, in, in, in a logical way, yeah. uh, they do, you know, they do come around to it. They understand. Absolutely. Yeah. I, th I think if you do, if you present it to them, then they will eventually concede. Of course. What yeah. I've noticed a lot, and this is one of my bugbears, and I've got to talk about it with you, is when I go to supermarket, particularly Waitrose, but any supermarket really, is I notice the older generation, they have a basket full of functional foods, uh, cholesterol-lowering margarine and uh, cholesterol-lowering uh, probiotic drinks, mm. and then uh, and the rest of the basket is just full of cakes. Yeah, of course, and th and those aren't going to mess with your cholesterol. <laughs> how paradoxical yeah. is that? Yeah. yeah. You know, how paradoxical? Uh, well, that's the, this is where politics and food come into play. Um, you know, high carbohydrate diet, uh, that means a high sugar diet. And so you, as a, a governing body, you can't say low fat and low carb. Mm. What's your diet then? Just massive mm. amounts of protein. So this is where you're trying to mess with macronutrient ratios. And if you're going to demonize one of them like fat mm. uh, and not explain the various nuance and complexity, uh, because fair enough, it is not the simplest message to put out there. Uh, to, to the general population it's that, not. oh, this fat is okay in this amount, that fat is okay in this amount, you know? So people want these simple explanations. And when we simplify nutritional recommendations or generalize them or both, mm. it really can do damage to the uh, the health of the nation. Oh, definitely. You, and you, you can see it statistically, actually, how we've actually, since since Dr. Ansel Keys came up with his yeah. hypothesis in 1956 yeah. that uh, saturated fat was connected to heart disease, which is never proven, right. and it never has been proven, it never will be proven, according to the government, mm -hmm. um, then dementia and mental health problems have actually statistically risen yeah. since the 1950s, yeah. and also weight gain and diabetes and heart disease. It yeah. has all actually exponentially gone up yeah. statistically since that time. So you can see it, you can actually see it statistically. Right. And yet, for some reason, the trusted authorities and the government and the NHS don't seem to want to change their tack on it. They don't right. want to seem to change their approach on it. Right. And you have great people now speaking out about it, like Dr. Asim Mohatra, mm. who's a great big, part, a huge cardiologist. Mm. Uh, Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, who wrote The Great Cholesterol Con. Yes, I read that. Uh, a yeah. great man, yeah. met him, he's brilliant. Mm. Uh, you know, we've got all these people speaking out about it, and yet trusted authorities are still saying, oh, no, 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 they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's, it, there's always, it's just so complex, you know, <laughs> nutrition, you know, you can just throw your hands up okay, and that's man. where older adults specifically will just throw their hands up and they'll be like, right. So I'm just going to eat whatever I want because yeah. you guys clearly haven't figured it out. Hmm. Um, well, I'm old now, and I think I'm at a time in my life where I can enjoy a cup of tea and a nice slice of Victoria sponge cake. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that is generally the kind of like the attitude, right? Yeah, and to be honest, I don't know if the government really has any role in even recommending anything uh, in terms of nutrition. When it comes to exercise, they recommend 150 minutes of exercise uh, a week. Now, what does that mean to you? First, I have to start totaling up how many was seven divided by 150 to figure out how many days. And then yeah, it's just, but that is, that's not even rooted in science, 150 no. minutes. The optimum amount uh, based on the research is about triple that. Really? Um, but that then they say is too much for a goal. So, mm -hmm. oh, the, the population doesn't know any better. Let's make sure that it's something attainable that we think is good for the, the population. So let's just say a, a beautiful 150 minutes. Mm -hmm. Nice, well-rounded number that means nothing to most people. Mm -hmm. um, so we try to dispel that in, yes. in, 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 and more or less have a discussion about that in our in our classes but i think that's where you have to discuss some of these complex issues when it comes to nutrition uh, even sleep um relaxation like there it's just it's more than just nutrition when it comes to your health it's just that nutrition is the most complex it's the most controversial it's the most difficult it it's the most frustrating it is but you know you you're up against an entire food industry and pharmaceutical industry. If you look, turn on the TV, yeah. any advert will tell you to lower your cholesterol, eat low fat, it, you know, and um, to get, you know, all kinds of um, strange and very um, unhealthy things in your life, you yeah. know, lifestyle things that really don't actually help, yeah. you know? Um, my philosophy and what I coach uh, the, the folks in, in our course is just eat real food. Yeah. If you don't have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease or mm -hmm. another autoimmune disorder, or, you know, you're you're not struggling with your digestion. Mm. Like, okay, that's great. You're, you've somehow Unusual done amazingly <laughs> well. <laughs> Unusual okay? for a pensioner, right? Yeah, it is. Beyond 30, I would say that most people beyond 30 have some kind of digestive issue these days. Mm. Not everybody. Right. But everybody, almost everybody I speak to seem to have some kind of issue. Right. Now, or, if, or an autoimmune problem. Yeah, absolutely. Or just undiagnosed. It's rife, yeah. Um, the, the, the recommendations that we give, or not the recommendations, but just the guidance is eat real food. And real food meaning something that's not in a package. Butter. Right? Yeah, butter. That's <laughs> real. Butter fad. <laughs> and, and, there, and that's an easy thing to say at the beginning. But, I mean, what grows out of the ground? Uh, and that even means potatoes and corn and rice. Mm -hmm. Those things are real, um, but there is probably better foods than that. But fine, if you're going to eat potatoes, rice, and corn, uh, at least it's real. At least it's not... Um, modified. Uh, modified as bleached, much. You're right. Hydronated, yeah. degummed, fractionated. I'd much rather <laughs> eat that than Cheerios, even though Cheerios is somehow lowering your cholesterol. And what does that study look like? And who paid for that study? Like, yes. and. If a packaged food yes. says it's healthy, yes. it's not. Absolutely. Like it's just it's the it's as soon as it's packaged, it's not healthy. I think the word healthy has actually been hijacked and bastardized quite a lot. Yes, uh, it doesn't actually mean anything anymore. Yeah, because anybody can use the word healthy and mm. put it in front of any old rubbish that they yeah. make. Yeah, and I think that's very worrying. I think it's very misleading and very misguiding for yeah. most people. And no wonder people are so utterly, utterly confused. But to be honest, I'm also confused. Like nutrition is yes. tough. 
it is tough to figure out how much saturated fat is is right. It's something to look into. How much cholesterol, right? Those are things to maybe keep an eye on. But if I can just make sure that I'm eating real food, vegetables, fruits, meat, veg, um, and if it's milk, fine. Like it's real at yes. least. If, with with raw, way. like with milk though, what is real milk? Yeah. Well, it would be raw milk, would Absolutely. that be organic? Like the, it yes. is a gray area. There's many gray areas to, to, yeah. to kind of dive into. I think some people have got stronger constitutions than others. Yeah. And if, if they've got a really strong constitution and um, they're not, they're not, they don't see the value in it, you know, yeah. they're not willing to go to the farmer's market on a Saturday yeah. or a Sunday and spend five pounds on two liters of raw milk like I yeah, would, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Then, then, then that's up to, you know, that, that's their choice. Right. You know, but it's about giving them the, I believe that people don't really have the choice unless they've, unless they've got the education mm-hmm. to make the choice. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, but that is what I, I, this is where our food system has become, like you say, bastardized, mm. where what does a real egg look like? Um, however, if you're making those the choices between a real egg, meaning organic or, uh, you know, a conventional raised uh, egg, mm. Uh, that's I'm I'm okay with that discussion as yes. long as you're not eating refined cereals uh, yes. that have tons of sugar in them every that's day right. and that's porridge right. that really yes. contains no nutrients or vitamins. Yes. Uh, it's just carbohydrates that you're yes. giving yourself. Yes. Not much fiber in it either. Yes. Um, so, what would you say about the Scots though that kind of evolved on porridge? <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing that I'm like when it comes to porridge. You just so. I think, you know, there's a kind of genetic thing there, isn't there? Yeah. You know, the metabolic typing is like the new paradigm, isn't it? So, yes. I mean, you know. it's it's just that you have to understand the role of carbohydrates. Um, we've got eat real food. And my second, uh, what we talk about in class is our second kind of uh, recommendation there mm. is to just question your carbohydrate intake. Definitely. Just question the type of carbohydrates. Mm. Um, unfortunately, fiber is somehow you know, a carbohydrate. Yeah, it's uh, been I wish, I wish yeah, yeah. I wish fiber was its own separate so we yeah. could say low carbohydrate yes. diet. Yes. There's just not a whole lot of nutrition going on when you're eating starch and sugar. No, I absolutely you agree. Just with you just don't get much. Absolutely. But you do get energy, you get quick energy. Yeah. Okay, great. So are you gonna go for a walk right after you eat your porridge in the morning? Mm. Because now you've given yourself a bunch of energy. That's mm. really quick release. Yes. So go off for a walk and burn that off. Mm. Like that's fine. But if you eat your porridge and then you don't burn it off, mm. then that, that porridge is going to get turned into fat. Absolutely. And um, that's that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, fat doesn't make you fat, which makes logical sense. And right. I apologize on behalf of all nutrition that <laughs> that is not the case. I wish fat made you fat and that was as simple as that. Yeah. But unused carbohydrates in your body... They get stored as fat. That's right, because it gets converted to glucose and then stored as fat. Yeah. It's what you call undeclared fat, actually, right, right. isn't it? People don't seem to recognise that. In the alley, had nanny goats, 18 wheelers, camels, Dominica camels, all other mammals plus equal boats. Seeing Piccadilly, 
Fanny Smith and Willie, being rather silly, and porridge oating. I bet her grin and bear it, I bet it come and share it. You're welcome, we can spare it. Yellow socks, too short to be haughty, too nutty to be naughty. Going on 40, no electric shots. The juice of the carrot, the smile of the parrot, a little drop of parrot, anything that works. Elvis and Scotty, days when I ain't spotty, sitting on the potty, curing smallpox. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, one, two, three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Health service classes, gigolos and brasses, round or skinny bottoms. Take your mum to Paris, lighting up the chalice, wee Willie Harris. Matthew Stephen Beacle, listening to Rico, Harper Groucho Chico. Cheddar cheese and pickle, the Vincent motorcycle, slap and tickle. Woody Allen Darley, Dimitri and Pasquale, bala 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 and Valari. Sunday nice to study, phoning up a buddy, being in my nutty. Saying okie dokie, sing along a smoky, coming out a chokey. John Coltrane Soprano, Eddie Celentano, Bona Carino. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, one, two, three. Perhaps next year, or maybe even never. In which case?
it's not healthy to start the day with with uh, breakfast cereals. Mm. Uh, contrary to, to popular yeah. <laughs> knowledge, yeah. um, it, it's mythology. And, there are uh, many healthier options. Absolutely, yeah. there are. You know, and, you and know. also the way that they've demonised red meat, they've demonised all these things yeah. all along. And it's to, food is to do with context. Would you not mm. agree? It's, yeah. it's contextual. So if you if you eat uh, an animal that has been um, factory farmed and fed loads of grains, right. and you know, and been pumped full of antibiotics and hormones, mm-hmm. is that different. real? Is that a real it's not food real anymore? Food anymore. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So you can't just say red meat is bad. Take it out of your diet. It's yeah. not as simple as that. We evolved on things like yeah. this, you yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, it, it it it's about having critical thinking. We go back to that. It is. You know, and it, it like this is there's just a, it's a can of worms when we start talking about nutrition. I just try to simplify it for people. Is it a real food? If it's in a package, yeah. I mean, most almost absolutely not. Uh, there are maybe a few good uh, you know power bars or something like out there that have like raw bar. There's plenty of good <laughs> companies, but they're a very rarity. Yeah. If you're looking down uh, the cereal aisle, all of that is is fake. That is fake food. Pringles, for example, they don't contain any bits of potato. Mm. What is a Pringle? That is a fake food, uh, yes. and it's a scale from Pringles to then uh, you know corn and you know how we've genetically modified that. Um, and on the other end is a beautiful organic egg. Mm. It is just such a perfect food. Going back to breakfast, mm. you know, uh, if your listeners, um, for your listeners, yes. if they're older adults specifically, ask, think, think about what your grandparents ate for breakfast. That's right. Bacon and eggs. That's right. That's what they were eating. That's right. Right? Or, or some sort of meat yes. and eggs. And this is before you had massive amounts of antibiotics uh, and in, in all sorts of hormones. Yeah. Uh, pumped into these yep. animals. Yep. Um, so we don't know exactly why um, certain meats are getting a bad rap, but if you're if you're comparing our conventionally raised beef and pork and lamb mm. compared to uh, ancestral uh, preparation yeah. and pastures, yeah, um, yeah, it's just it's too difficult to kind of make that uh, correlation without it's differentiating. It's a minefield, isn't it? Yeah, it's a minefield. It's a minefield. So yeah. would you say that, so how long have you been running this group for? Uh, it's been running since May. Since May. And would you say that your, that your lovely pe- group of pensioners are starting to feel great, starting to feel the results? The, I mean, the feedback is unbelievable. Yeah. It really is. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm a bit blown away. I, I also will say that yeah. because they emailed me their feedback, they yeah. like, uh, made it a bit more flowery. Um, but the the statistics that they've they, they submitted anonymously back them up. Mm. Um, so I've um, I've finished my dissertation and I'm looking to get that published in the next year. Amazing. Um, and I'm gunning for uh, a couple couple um, journals. So you don't uh, right now you don't actually have a website you've got but you've got a Facebook page which is your Walk and Talk for Your Life. Yeah. So you yes. can. Um, so I'm on YouTube at Walk and Talk for Your Life um, is my uh, YouTube kind of handle or channel fabulous really um, great you can search walk and talk for your life on facebook great. um and then yeah the best is to just email me if you're interested yes. in signing up or learning more mm. uh, or promoting or collaborating uh email me at wtl at gmail.com great wtl at gmail.com so um nicholas so people 
can come to you from the age of... Is there any age restriction? I mean, just understand that um, a lot of our participants are going to have a hip replacement. Yes. Uh, they're going to have a knee replacement. They're, they're not going to be able to bend down fully. Yes. Like a lot of the exercises we do are always adapted um, to older adults. However, if you are very fit, uh, I'm able to scale up. Um, because we have such a small group, I'm able to make it much more personalized for the individual. And oftentimes mm-hmm. we have at least one or two people of this, you know, of the same um, skill level. Right. So if you're 50, but you uh, are struggling with walking, then great. This course is for you. I had a 46 year old um, with a medical condition and he was, you know, he, he was plenty fine with with the rest of the course so it's just a more or less about skill mm. level but if you're right. a fit 30 year old yeah. um, looking to do crossfit like yeah. it's probably not the <laughs> course for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely that's brilliant so so your, your kind of key messages give us some of your kind of key messages that you're going to give to the, the key message back to your yeah. really just sort of re um refreshing on what you said at the beginning to your yeah well of look we talked a lot about nutrition today and uh i think it's to me it's the most interesting um, or yeah, it's just the most complex, but there's four other pillars of health that are just as important. Mm. I just can't choose which one is mm. more important than the other. It's almost like you're, it, they're all of those pillars are in the same silo. You can't eat, silo each one apart. Mm. Um, so it, it's, if you are, you know, say, Oh, the, the hell with nutrition, I'm just going <laughs> to eat whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, there's still relax. And coming up with some sort of mindfulness practice or breathing practice or go to the sauna, take some me time for yourself, like make sure that that's a a part of your day. What about yoga? Do you think yoga is good for pensioners? Yeah, yoga can be great as long as it as long as the end of that yoga class, you're feeling revitalized and and relaxed and Mm. stress free like that, that that's the only difference. Um, Yoga can be 30 people plus and you may not be knowing exactly uh, the right techniques you may, you know, that's that's the only issue I have with with yoga is that the class sizes may be a bit too big. Um, and then there's nutrition, what we talked about eating, uh, and then movement movements, a whole pillar on its own. Um, so that's that, you know, uh, exercise specifically with walking, combining walking with resistance training is just a great, um, way to, to knock that out. Uh, but the resistance training part for older adults is something that they're not as familiar with. Something that we teach in our course is to kind of demystify some of the ways to, res- to do resistance training. Yeah. Um, and the next oh, yeah. one is, is sleep. Yeah. So sleep is super important for older adults. And the recommendations are actually between seven and nine hours for adults over 65 plus. Yeah. Um, uh, seven to eight hours, sorry, yeah. for 65 plus and no more than nine. Right. Uh, and still seven to nine hours for adults age 65 and under. Mm-hmm. So these are much a, a little bit higher than we were thinking, but that's 2017 recommendations from the National Sleep Foundation. Right. Uh, so sleep is super important. But those are all a little bit, less, let's say, less complicated than nutrition. Um, and then, of course, socializing, you know, loneliness and its c- correlation with early cause death, early cause mortality. It's alarming. Um, mm. They say that it's um, it's as dangerous as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. 
So being lonely, uh, you almost have no will to live. So it is a holistic picture. Yeah. I don't want to isolate one pillar and say it's more important than the sure. other, even though we do talk a lot about nutrition just sure. because it's complex. Yeah. We have to go into depth about uh, what is a real food, what's not a real food, and you know, questioning <laughs> carbohydrates and kind yeah. of going into the science of that. But Do you find it difficult that the, 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 the people that come to your classes find it difficult letting go of some of their habits, some of their unhealthy habits? Like bread is very addictive. Yeah. Cakes are very addictive. Biscuits in particular are very addictive, right? Yeah. Very addictive. Of course. I mean, when you eat uh, bread, it's very high in, you know, you've got opioids in, in wheat, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Makes you feel, woohoo, yeah. you know, when you eat it, you know, it's, it can like almost get high on it, especially when you don't eat things yeah. like that. I know because I don't eat wheat. Mm -hmm. So if I do eat the occasional bit of sourdough or something, I get, I feel... Oh, great. I feel high, mm -hmm. you know, like, I get, really get the sense of the opioids in that. Well, yeah, we certainly have a few sugar addicts in the class. Um, <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah, but I try not to harp on that too much. I mean, if you, let's say, um, you can put that on pause, right? Mm. That's a hard one to, to, to fix. Mm. A sugar addiction is just as bad as, like, let's say... Uh, maybe cocaine, you yeah. know, it's not, it's not an easy, <laughs> it's not something that's easily broken. No, you're right. Um, and your gut microbes play a huge yeah. role in that. Um, it's not necessarily your fault because you're addicted to sugar. Mm -mm. Uh, but in the meantime, there are other ways that we can um, help with that. So mm. exercising and mm. focusing on the other pillars of health yes. um, can, can be equally fine to try to uh, mitigate some of um, right. uh, okay. our focus on nutrition. Okay. But you're right, it's, it is tough for older adults sometimes to change the behavior um and that's it's comfort isn't it? it's comfort eating especially if you're lonely yeah you know yeah. um they say that um you know it's a kind of replacement for joy you yeah. know eating cakes and yeah. sweets and biscuits and things definitely like that. well we try uh when it comes to behavior change we coach um tiny habits um and these tiny habits are examples are like uh, i ask participants you know after you pee mm. i want you to do two toilet seat squats Fairly memorable, yeah. fairly odd, yeah. right? Uh, so you flush the toilet, that's your cue to do two little squats. Um, and by the end of the day, depending on how much water you drink, you're doing 10, 15 squats. All right? Sounds fun. <laughs> you know, over the course of a month, you've done, you could, you could actually get a decent amount of lower body strength from that. Mm. Um, some nutritional tips for just, you know, just add one vegetable into one meal, mm. one vegetable into one meal. Um, and that's going to start helping you break some of those sugar addictions. But um, those tiny habits, those are, they come up with, um, those are come up with by the participants. A lot of people yeah. don't actually do those tips, but no. they, those tips inspire them to do something else. They okay. start getting the concept yeah. um, because it's just, it's very ineffective for behavior change for me to tell somebody what to do. Sure. It's like a resistance. Yes. Uh, but if I can give you loads of ideas for you to coach yourself on coming up with ideas for you, right. for you what to do, yeah. it's much better. And it's an, it, now that it's autumn, it's an abundant time. So there's lots of local seasonal veg going on. It's yeah. really, it's really good. Yeah. But yeah, really, really fantastic, Nicholas. I mean, that that's a whole bunch of juicy information there. Yeah, I just <laughs> love, I love doing this course. Like, um, it's just such a, it's just such a joy to work with these older adults specifically because yeah. I learned so much from them. Yes. Um, they, they, yeah, they teach me so much. And uh, you're talking about a generation that is feeling like they're not contributing anymore. They've retired. Mm. And in the past, in ancestral perspective, 
uh, older adults were so key and vital to the tribe to understand where food was. They had a huge role uh, on communicating with other tribes and knowing the history of their tribe. Uh, and now we are older adults. They feel left behind. They feel yes. left out. They feel like they're not contributing or not sure. needed. And so that is uh, it, it's, it's another topic that we talk about. We talk about uh, finding purpose in retirement. Wow. That's really valuable. Well, hopefully, you know, our listeners, whether this be for themselves or somebody, you know, a pension they know, they can send them along, you know, or come along and, and you know, check out your courses. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm trying to get the word out uh, as much as I can. Unfortunately, it's just tough to communicate to older adults. Um, yes. You know, the best is like leafleting, but leafleting costs a lot of money and it's time consuming. But, you know, if you can get if you can help me get the word out about this course, it'd be huge. Our next course uh, starts January 6th. Okay. Uh, we're doing Tuesdays and Fridays uh, from January 6th. At that community center? At Priory Court Community Center. Just okay. email me. Um, the whole course, it's uh, two pounds a session. Remind me the rest of your email. <laughs> yeah, it's wtlwalthamstow at gmail.com. Fabulous. Um, yeah, it's two pounds a session. Amazing. Or you can pay the whole course God. for 40 pounds. So That's... it's subsidized. Um, yeah. Like I've, I, I apply for grants to help to mm. subsidize the course Brilliant. to make it very That's affordable. That's just so cheap. Who yeah. wouldn't want to do that, eh? Yeah, I hope. I Absolutely. Hope so. yeah. <laughs> it's more expensive to not do it, you know, because the, the greater cost is your health, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Wow, that's been a really fantastic chat. Yeah, thanks so much Thank for having me. Thank you so much, Nick, because I've really enjoyed our chat. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope that um, the message gets out there and more uh, pensioners come and see you, more people come and see you that need to get their health back on track and start to feel wonderful and not get caught up in all that rubbish about lowering their cholesterol and eating fat, low-fat foods and, you know, all that rubbish that, you know, yeah. functional foods or... or, or Frankenstein foods or yeah. however you want to define it, right, you know? Right. Yeah. And and get some movement and socialization in their life. I think yeah. it's all really practical advice yeah. and I think that people get a lot from your courses. So. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for really, having me. Really appreciate it. Awesome. And thank you everybody for listening to this podcast. This was Charlotte Palmer at the Mothership Connected and for H Spark Radio and East Hearts Radio. Thank you and hopefully You'll come back and listen to another one of our wonderful podcasts all about health and nutrition. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. See you. Can we just talk? These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you Start walking